0: The tech ecosystem, India, in my opinion, is the second strongest in terms of like potential outside of the U.S.
1: Welcome to the Think India series of audio and video podcasts by Brand Capital International. This is the place where you're going to see top insiders, entrepreneurs, and innovators who are going to come and share with us their secrets on how to build a company ground up and take it global. All coming from the hub of innovation, the Silicon Valley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Think India series with Brand Capital International. Uh, My name is Piyush Puri, and today I have with me Kendrick Nguyen, who is the co-founder and CEO of Republic. Welcome to the episode. Piyush, thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here. Absolutely. It's it's a, a privilege to have you here with us. We understand that Republic is an investment platform that allows people to invest as little as $10. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself first and tell us how that all kind of weaved into the story of Republic and how Republic was formed.
0: Uh, my family immigrated to uh, the Bay Area, the US from Vietnam. And just because you're right in the ecosystem, it doesn't mean that you get to participate. And so when the law changed, that allows for anyone, of any income or net worth around the world to invest in private companies, uh, it just seems like that's the sensible thing to do. Right. That if private companies is going to build the next you know, economy, uh, the future, then, there's no reason why people of any background cannot invest what they can afford in viable ideas that may one day generate, you know, wealth
1: and and, uh, and a return for them as well. In in democratizing investment, SEC in uh, 2016 enacted the Title III of the Jobs Act. If you can talk a little bit more about what exactly happened and why it was so instrumental in, in the creation of Republic, because I understand only then was it possible for Republic to be formed. And I may have to go back like almost a century
0: back to the Great Depression in the U.S. And the Great Depression was caused by a lot of, you know, scams and fraud in the early phase of U.S. corporate America. Right. And so in their infinite wisdom, Congress decided <laughs> that, hey, you got to be wealthy to invest privately. Now, all of the that probably made a little bit of sense back in the 30s and the 40s. But if you look at how Americans, just Americans alone, spend about $100 billion in the casinos in Vegas and spend another $80 billion in lottery tickets, most of which are by people who are not wealthy. If that's the case, but you lock out these people from credible uh, investment opportunity when companies take longer and longer and longer to go public. Right. So, there was a lot of lobbying effort back in 2012, 2013 uh, by AngelList and others, and we got Congress under President Obama to change the rule that hey, any company, even a new, even a restaurant, can raise from everyday people, but they have to be vetted, and go through a platform like Republic. And we take that responsibility as an intermediary, a gatekeeper.
1: Conventional wisdom suggests that there's a reason why, you know, regulatory bodies like SEC often limit people in where and how they can invest. Because the fact that people are not always in the best state to make a good financial decision when they're faced with questions like startups and questions that they don't generally understand. So what did Republic do as an intermediary to make it, easier for people to understand that it's okay, you can make investments in startups as little as $10 and you won't lose your money.
0: From the SEC, from the government perspective, they set out this framework that, hey, there's an intermediary, the gatekeeper that is Republic, right. that we have to be responsible for doing certain things. So it imposes the obligation on mm. us Right. so that out of, for example, 10,000 companies that applied, right. we've launched less than 200. Company may fail or succeed, but but bad intention, that has been sh- truly absent from the world of, of crowdfunding. So
1: you mentioned that out of ten thousand companies, only two hundred companies were able to sail through the due diligence process. So can you talk a little bit more about how the unit economics work for Republic and what's the business model behind Republic? We always uh, kid that our acceptance
0: rate uh, is lower than Harvard uh, admissions, <laughs> but uh, we came from the venture ecosystem. We apply both a manual process as well as, as data driven. And on our side, uh, we don't charge investors anything. But if a company successfully raises on Republic, then they pay a cash commission to Republic, as well as a interest in the company, right. so that we too are a, an investor in the same bucket, in the same boat as the other investors. So some skin and in the game. Exactly, and that we can be with them for the entire journey. When there's a decision to be made, uh, investors can look to Republic on, on how to make those decisions.
1: I understand that the way uh, Republic's structured right now, there are similarities between Republic and Angel List. In fact, uh, as it states on your website, uh, Republic comes from the same family as Angelist and Product Hunt. So, can you talk a little bit more about uh, how's that a family and what are the relationship with uh, Republic?
0: So, the, the key distinction about Republic and Angelist is that Republic deals with the crowd. Today, we have investors from over 100 countries investing as little as $10, 20 uh, The minimum check on AngelList is $1,000, and the average check is much, much higher. So I really think that um, even for companies like Airbnb, they still should engage the crowd, the people who host homes on their platform and give them an opportunity to get skin in the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Republic is a solution for that uh, and not the other platform.
1: You mentioned that uh, there are investors from over 100 countries investing on the Republic platform. How is it that you address the regulatory frameworks of 99 other countries? And hasn't that been a, a, a very difficult task to figure, given that it is very different from how it works in the US?
0: Even if, if when we uh, enter a new country, for example, India, if we were to set up Republic India and enable uh, Indian residents to invest in Indian companies, right. we absolutely would need to have true regulatory licensing and permission and underground partners to do it. But if Indian residents passively come to the Republic website, and make an investment, then Republic arguably is not under the jurisdiction of the relevant government authorities because we essentially are not making an effort to target people in that country. It's just that they reach out no different than they were to fly to the US and buy a product right. and then fly back. Right. Um, you know, so the, the, in the new era of, in, of, of the digital age, uh, a lot of the Framework around jurisdictions is a gray zone uh, and still the dust is still settling.
1: In the meantime, we can make use of this ambiguity and exactly hope things work well. What's the kind of interest that you've seen from India? Oh, uh,
0: I think the tech ecosystem, India, in my opinion, is probably the second strongest um, in terms of like potential outside of the US. I think that there are more activities uh, in India there across the board from hiring, recruiting, fundraising. Viable companies uh, than anywhere else in the world. Eventually, um, we hope that this is going to happen in 2020. That crowdfunding, crowd investing, uh, will be uh, possible in India. What would you say about the U.S. competition right now?
1: Uh, are there many players in the space?
0: As much traction as we have had today, we have about short of half a million users. Uh, it's still like barely scratching the surface. If you walk out on the street today and ask a random person, 99.99% do not know that they don't have to be a millionaire right. to invest privately and as little as $10. So the name of the game is still very much exposure mm. and adoption. Right. Uh, so we're like probably not as concerned about
1: competitors because right.
0: anyone out there talking about it is good for the industry overall. Right,
1: absolutely. So basically there is a market to be created first before you can start worrying about who's going to take that market. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. I know that you've also recently ventured into the space of uh, a note reward token platform. So can you just talk a little bit about some of the newer initiatives that Republic has come up with? People ask us if we're pivoting, if we're expanding, and my view is
0: this, blockchain is a technology, a blockchain project is just another company. So we treat it very much the same way, Right. except that blockchain technology is so instrumental to fintech and venture. It enables you to fractionalize things into small, small pieces and enable automation so that it can be so cheaply done. So these technologies are so important to, to investing. Right. So we're incorporating them into different aspects of,
1: of uh, right. what we do. So basically, it's not really a pivot of the business model. It's just something of an enabling technology that's helping you do what you've been doing uh, more efficiently. Absolutely. Going back to India and and talking a little bit more about the traction that Republic's had from India, I understand you've already spoken about the traction you've had from a customer or an investor standpoint, but how about startups? Can anybody from India list themselves on the Republic platform today, or will they have to change their incorporation? The
0: rules in the U.S. right now is that in order to raise on Republic or a similar platform in the U.S., the entity raising money has to be a U.S. entity, but it can be a subsidiary
1: hmm. of a non-U.S. entity. And, and, and in this process, the investor would own equity in the subsidiary?
0: Correct. But, but that's why even at that point, legal structuring right. is still so important, and it's different in every case. Right. And that's a big differentiator for, for the Republic team.
1: So basically, a number of different structures entirely dependent upon what is the, the geography permits. Exactly. Right. So
0: you can imagine that with uh, any new case, any new country, that our team spends an inordinate amount of time to work with founders and figuring things out. Uh, you know, in the process, we're also productizing things for, for our own platform.
1: One last question for you, Ken. Uh, what's next for Republic? Where do you see it going in the next three years?
0: Wow, you know, it's a uh, it's hard to, to look that far in advance. But our our vision, our goal is to be uh, Amazon for private investing, where anyone around the world can invest small amount as quickly and as easily as buying a product on Amazon. And I think that's the only way that for people to have a voice. In what kind of companies will be building our future world 75% of fortune 500 companies in 10 years have yet to exist I think we all should have a say rather than let the big banks alone right. dictate that you know the next Facebook or the next uber um, and so we hope that the message with the support of media partners and that's why I'm so grateful for the opportunity uh, to, to uh, have this conversation uh, but I'm um, quite confident and hopeful that we'll get there in a couple of years.
1: Absolutely, again, onwards and upwards. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending time with us today at Think India with Brand Capital International. If you happen to consider India and look to expand into India, we'd love to talk to you and, and work with you. There's
0: no question about it. I hope that in 20, by 2021, there will be a robust Republic India operation uh, with with your help and partnership. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thanks.